I watched the men of the church hold a meeting outside, and they didn't invite me. And I thought, there's something up. They were coming to tell me that they were trying to figure out who, either who they were going to replace me with or how they are going to tell me that I'm out of here. You know, it's, that, it's, it's like that fella. He went to preach, and he preached a, a year. I'll say a year. He preached a year in a church, you know. They came up to him, and this little boy comes up. And little boys don't lie about things like this. They lie about everything else, but they wouldn't lie about this. said, Preacher, my, my daddy says that your name ought to be Theophilus. I said, well, it's a good Bible name. He said, yeah, because Dad says you're the Theophilus preacher we've ever had. <laughs> yeah, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> All right. All right. Amen. Y'all are a special group. Um, I've been in church as many years myself. I've, the, the, the amount of uh, faithfulness, servitude that I see within the people here, the motivation you have for the ministry and for serving God and things that matter. I mean, I would just say y'all are lovers of God, all of you. And I'm glad to be with you. And uh, I love all of you. So we're in Luke chapter 22. We're going to be reading verses 28 through 34. And as we've been doing, I like this. Let's read it all together. This is Luke 22, verses 38 through uh, 28, excuse me, through 34. And let's stand together as we read the Word of God all together as I lead. This is in verse 28. Ye are they which have continued with me in my temptations. And I appoint unto you a kingdom, as my Father hath appointed unto me, that ye may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom, and sit on thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted... Strengthen thy brethren. And he said unto him, Lord, I am ready to go with thee both into prison and to death. And he said, I tell thee, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day before that thou shalt thrice deny that thou knowest me. And let's pray. Father, I ask that thou bless the reading of thy word and the message to come. And Fill us with thy spirit, and we pray for church unity, uh, unity of purpose, uh, unity of love, one for another and for the dying world, and help us to be a light. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Simon Peter. <clears throat> I'll try to make, I'll try to hasten here, but uh, no doubt Peter had very good intentions when he followed Christ. When he left all to follow him, he left his ship and all of his uh, livelihood to follow Jesus Christ. So Peter was faithful. He was determined. He was resolved. But he was also very weak. He endured some very tough times. Uh, 
Life with Jesus wasn't always what he thought it was going to be. And I, I would think all of us could testify that. You know, life following Christ is not what you make it out to be. It ends up being better. <laughs> but you don't see it through the, as you take the road sometimes. What's interesting about Peter, he failed so many times. Yet he was the chief of the apostles. He was very hasty to make decisions. He'd speak without thinking things through. He's very impetuous in his behavior. Peter could go from a high to a low so quickly. I mean, almost immediately. Is it, could that possibly be you? You know, in Matthew chapter 16, Peter was the first person to publicly pronounce that Jesus is the Son of God, the Messiah, the Christ. He said it first. And by saying so, he got high praise from Jesus Christ. And then he immediately allowed Satan to speak through him. Trying to hinder and discourage Jesus from doing the will of God. This is Peter. So Peter went from being praised to getting rebuked. <laughs> In a matter of minutes, Peter would be uh, one moment. And if you kept reading, you'd see it. From one moment, he'd be pulling out his sword, fighting to the death, hacking. I mean, he went for the guy's head because he took his ear off. Uh, he'd do that in the media, and then just a short time later, he's running for his life and fleeing out into the darkness. Now, this is Peter. And then he cowardly denied Christ three times that night. But let me say this. The Lord loved Peter very much. He promised him a throne. He said, I will give you a throne, and you will serve me, but you will rule with me and judge Israel on one of the tribes, or actually 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. During the millennial reign, he will be a judge. He promised him that he will have that. This was a promise Peter got from God. No matter how many mistakes Peter made, Jesus had already pronounced it to be so. The Lord loved Peter. He warned him of a very coming problem called sifting. You're about to get sifted, Peter. He said that Satan had desired to have you, Peter. He wants you. He wants to sift you as wheat. That's what it says in verse 31. And so I would like to say this this morning. Any person of any substance is going to get sifted when they come to Christ. There's a sifting uh, that they have to go through. And Satan wants to prove you if you are real or not. You're going to get tried in a lot of ways. You're going to get tried by, in many points, your validity must be proven. You know, saving faith is proving faith. Now, God knoweth what we are. He knows all things. He knows. Satan does not. So Satan's job is to prove whether we are valid, authentic, are we true or are we not? Now, here's another interesting thought. I really would like to bring this up. You know, if, this is interesting. Both, both the Lord, see, the Lord chose him first. But say, he said Satan, uh, Satan had desired to have you, Peter. Both of them wanted him. He became a tug of war between God and Satan himself. Can you imagine someone that the enemy wants so 
bad on their team because they are a formidable foe. I mean, think about what Peter did in his life. And Satan wanted him. I think of it this way. You know, with all his uh, flaws, Peter was worth fighting for. He was worth having. He was worth struggling to get. God waited for Peter to get the full sifting by Satan so that he could come out the other end, tried as pure as gold, and come out and serving him forever or for the rest of his life. He was faithful from there on out. But he went through a sifting process. You know, think about this in your life. Are you, are you one of those that God would say you're worth fighting for? You're worth fighting over? You know, you're worth put, getting into a, a struggle with the enemy over him? Jesus said to him, he may want you, he may shift you, but I already got you. And he said, I prayed for you. Isn't that interesting? In verse 32, he said, I prayed for thee, Peter, that thy faith fell not. Can you imagine being one whom Jesus personally prays for? Did you know he already did? John 17 says he prayed for every one of those that would believe on him through the, through the word of those before them. The Holy Spirit intercedes for us with groanings which cannot be uttered and prays for us, Romans 8 says. So listen to my message today because Christianity is a commitment. You know, Christianity is a resolve in life. It's a way of life. And so if Peter's getting tried, what about us? Listen to these, listen to Peter's, uh, what he went through here. Satan put him through the ringer, as we call it. The devil put him on a sifter and sifted him. You know, the other day, Rebecca and I, we hadn't been there in years. We walked through the Alamo grounds, and they were out there sifting. They had this little sifter in there. They were looking for little artifacts. I said, you finding anything at all? And they said, no, nothing. It's probably been sifted through so many times. You know, and all they were getting was dirt. I mean, it just sifted there. I sat and watched. Everything sifted away. There was nothing remaining in the sifter when the sifting had taken place. So Satan has put Peter upon the sifter, and he's starting to shake him up. So it's interesting because he worked it. You know, like I said, Peter was always quick to boast and open his mouth, and he said, he, we read it. I am willing not only to go to prison with you, which we know he didn't, and to die. I will go all the way. Well, just right after that, Peter's falling asleep in the garden of Gethsemane. And rather than praying where Jesus told him to pray, he falls asleep. It says he slept for sorrow. He was so sorrowful over what he had just heard. He had heard Jesus tell him that Jesus is going to die. He also told him that I'm leaving earth and leaving all of you behind. That brought great sorrow to Peter's heart. And so Peter, didn't like some people, fell asleep. He slept through the most important time of his life because he had his huge hope deferred. And his heart was sick from this deferred hope that he had. And Jesus had just told him. If he, if he, you know, Jesus had just said, you're going to be with me. On a throne, judge, I give you that promise. Well, Peter was in his low right now, and his faith was getting tried. 
He was getting sifted. And so Peter, you know, think about what he did. He had sold out for Christ, left all. He was completely all in. Even tried to take a man's head off. Got rebuked for it by Jesus. And then Jesus healed the man's ear. And then when Jesus got tri uh, illegally arrested, Peter ran off into the darkness and fled. It said they all forsook him and fled. Now Peter did something. He snuck back in. He came back, but it says he followed from afar. So Peter comes in and watches Jesus from afar rather than like he said just hours before, I'm going into prison with you, Lord. He didn't do that. He followed in afar. He stayed afar. It was a chilly night. It was a very cold night. They had to make a coal of fires. Peter said, I need to warm up. And he warmed his hands at the fires of, of uh, some people there at the high priest Caiaphas' house. And they all started saying, we know who you are. You're one of them. You're one of Jesus' disciples. He says, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. And then another person would chime in and say, yes, you are. He said, I don't even know the man. And then later... One more time, they said, surely you're one of them because we know you're a Galilean. You speak like a Galilean. You're one of them. And he said, I, he cursed. He said, no, I'm not. Denying, I mean, this is the low of lows. And what's so interesting about it is when Jesus heard this, you know, Jesus is he, so amazing. I'll, I often wonder, when, when Peter denied him that last time, the Bible says Jesus was across the courtyard getting tried and getting abused. He turned and looked upon Peter. I wonder what that look was telling him. Because it peered deep into his soul and Peter ran off into the night and wept bitterly. And hid out basically for three days in shame, in guilt, and in despair. Even to the point when he heard the third day that they, he, there, Jesus was no longer in the tomb, he doubted that. He still wondered what would really happened and then even when he went and saw the tomb it doesn't say he believed it says John believed Peter did not you know think about Peter for a minute uh, he's so easy to preach about but Peter went through every condition imaginable every state of being every emotion that he suffered through every temptation he got the full sifting he got sifted Satan on him like no one else. And then, all that's left on the sifter is Peter. Everything else was sifted away. There, wasn't, there was no longer any pride, any boasting. It was just Peter. But Jesus said, I prayed for you, Peter. And throughout all of this, he said, I, what did I pray? That your faith would not fail. That your faith would fail not. That's the amazing prayer. So what does that word fail mean? It means to cease, to be found lacking. So Jesus prayed that Peter would not lose the faith throughout the sifting process and that his heart would continue. You know, the heart produces faith because the Bible says faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It produces faith in your heart. And then the Bible says even to Christians, Christ can dwell in your hearts through faith. Your strong faith can put, bring a stronger presence of, the, of Jesus within our very hearts. Faith continues in the heart. So Jesus prayed, Peter, 
I'm praying that your faith would never run out. You know, and it's interesting about Peter. Sometimes he had unbelievably great faith. He's the only one that stepped out of the boat and walked on water. He's the only man that's ever walked on water in the history of the earth outside of the God-man. He stepped out and did that. He did amazing things. Other times he had very minimal faith. He doubted. He cowered. He ran. He shirked. He did a lot of things wrong. Many times, you know, Jesus would say, great is thy faith. And then other times he'd say, little, you have little faith. Why do you have such little faith? Hey, at least he had some. <laughs> That's what he's saying. Thy faith will never fail. It, it might get very small. You might get put to the point where you're about to give up. But Jesus said, I'm praying for you that your faith will never fail. And he said, and then when you're converted, I want you to strengthen the brethren for me. That's what he told him. So I'm praying for you, Peter, to get you through all this so you can strengthen the brethren later on. And he got converted. What's interesting about that word converted here is it means to revert and to come back in full force. And full strength returns. That's what he was doing. But Peter, throughout all that he went through, he never lost the faith. You say, he denied Christ. Well, he didn't lose the faith. Jesus said his faith would not fail because he prayed for him. So the emphasis turns to us. Uh, the truth of the day is very simple. Don't let your faith fail. Ever. Don't let the candle die out. Hold fast to the profession of your faith like the Bible says. You've got to hold on to that and hold it fast. Because you know what? The level of faith rises and falls according to our circumstances. No matter how bad things get. Okay, let's talk about that for a minute. Thy faith must never fail. Even if you're at the breaking point. Your faith. I call it never failing faith faith it might diminish it might fully lessen but it won't fail and die out because it's a saving faith that endures all right so faith is not faith was not faith might be faith sometimes is no faith always is that's found in hebrews 11 1 now faith is and what is faith faith is believing god believing god believing the word of god without ever seeing his face. That's true faith. Amen. Didn't Jesus tell Thomas, hey, blessed are those who believe and have never seen. You know, that's the, there's a beauty to that. We've never seen him. They got to hold him. They got to see him. You realize you have a special amount of faith that even the apostles didn't. You did not see him, yet you believed when the gospel was preached to you and the word of God was given, you had saving faith. You saw the God who was invisible and you saw him by faith. And we know that life in this world is extremely tough. Life in the flesh is troublesome. Poor Regina, her body gave out on her right here in church. The flesh is rough. It almost seems like, you know, think about it. It almost seems like these days more bad news comes your way than good. Right? So Jesus said in John 17, 19, he said, For their sakes I sanctify myself. So this is us. 
that they also might be sanctified through the truth. And neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through his word. That's us. That Jesus is speaking of you. In John chapter 17, verse 19, we believe by faith through the word of the gospel preached. And so Jesus prays for us. And what does he pray? Your faith would fail not. No matter how bad things get, you never quit on God. If you quit on God, your faith fails. Um, no matter how bad the news can be, you know when the earth shattering, the shaking news comes your way where you hear just the tragic news and, and it, it rocks you. Jesus says, don't let your faith fail out. This devastating news, Jesus told them the worst. I'm leaving you and I'm going where you can't go. Well, I just gave up my whole life for you. Well, I'm having to leave. I'm going back to the Father. I'll send, back, I'll send you a comforter that you cannot see. But I will be in heaven with the Father because I have a job. It was devastating news that Jesus, the one who they served, that everyone was trying to make king just a week late, earlier, now he's going to die and he's going to the Father. When you hear the terrible news, whatever that news is, when you hear terrible news concerning you, you get bad news. Let not thy faith fail. Never let your faith fail. Some terrible event takes place. You hear of a horrible scandal. Maybe somebody you really, really depended on or respected and loved and trusted really let some people down. It happens all the time. Someone is hurt bad. Someone dies. Someone is sick. You have a loved one who's suffering greatly. Maybe you're suffering greatly. Jesus would say, let not thy faith fail. Hold on. And then when you're converted, I want you to do something with it. I want you to strengthen the brethren. Faith is strength. Do you all realize how strong faith is? And faith is power. You know, the Bible says faith overcomes the world. Is strong. Proverbs 24.10 says, Though if thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. You know, if you let devastating news turn you from the faith or against God, uh, it's going to, it's showing that you, you have very small and, uh, and weak strength. You have none. So don't let devastating news devastate your faith. No matter how hard Life gets how troublesome life becomes. What does God say? Hold on to your faith. The one thing you can keep is my belief in God, my trust in God. I will follow Him. I'm not releasing from that. That's my profession. I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. He's not only my Savior, He's my Lord. So no matter how hard life gets or how troublesome it is, hold thy faith. Uh, no matter how bad things seem to get, health struggles, finances go awry, and you're in big need, your, fam your, your relationships go bad, people turn on you, 
hold on to the faith. Maybe life doesn't seem to be working in your favor at the time. You're getting sifted. You go from one trouble to another. You go from one difficulty to another. And one problem to another. People count on you, and you let them down. You count on other people, they disappoint you. Interesting, though. When there seems to be, we've all had this at some point, where there seems to be no answer, no solution at all, no deliverance coming. Jesus would say, hold on to thy faith. Never stop believing. Say, I can't pay my bills. Better hold on to faith. My kids are giving me issues. And hold on to the faith. You feel like giving up, maybe. You hold on. Here's another idea. This is big time. This is Peter. Hold on to faith no matter how bad you get. Because you're bound to fail him for sure. So that's what happens. People will fail God and then they, they go under the guilt trip and they run from him. And they fail. And I've always wondered, you know, it's a human instinct when you're feeling guilty to run and hide. Especially when it's toward God. But the best thing to do is to run to him for forgiveness and, and reconciliation. And we stay away because of the guilt. And watch out, thy faith should not fail. So no matter how bad you get, now think about this, you're going to doubt yourself a lot, but never doubt God. You always remember God's truth. When you're unfaithful, God is ever faithful. So when the guilt sets in, and you're upset with yourself, you still believe in God. And you trust Him. When you're at the very lowest in life, you should never let your faith fail. When the feeling's gone, you don't feel any of it. Feelings got nothing to do with it. You got to fight feelings with faith anyway. You never let the faith fail. When the excitement flees, you never let the faith fail. You know, and what really what Jesus is saying to Peter is, even after denying him, the faith, the faith never failed. How strange is that? He thrice denied that he knew him even. Yet, Jesus said his faith never failed and he got converted and strengthened the brethren. He pulled out of it after the resurrection. How about this one? And I must hasten. When the fear of life, the fears hit strong. Interesting. When, faith, when fears come towards you, you know what immediately starts happening? Your faith starts waning. The, the faith starts shrinking back rather than pushing forward to the fear and believing versus over the, over the fears. You've got to strengthen your faith in God. When you have uncertainties in life, and you have prob fears of health, fears of uh, any types of problems in the flesh, maybe you're afraid of people. Some people are just afraid of life anymore. Let not thy faith fail. How many people are scared to death of the safety of their loved ones, or even themselves. you got to believe God. You have to believe God. Satan sifts us through fear. The fear of man, the fear of the world, the spirit world. People are scared to death of the spirit world. And then, 
you know, if you just hold on, you get the victory. So let me, the last one, before I finish. No matter how bad the future looks, you know, Peter didn't have much of a future facing him. He thought it was all over. He thought, everything I put my life in is over. But Jesus said, let not thy faith fail. You know, it's interesting. Uh, so many of us are afraid of that which hasn't even come yet, but we're scared to death of it. And may not ever arrive. We're afraid and faithless. Concerning, I can understand the rest of the world being afraid and scared. I mean, I wouldn't come out of my door hardly. But I, we're the people of God. And we have faith in Him that He is the keeper of our soul. If the future looks grim for you, let not thy faith fail. If you look at your life and say, I don't have much prospects for the future getting any better. Don't let thy faith fail. There's a God in heaven. Make your life much better than it's ever been before. And you think about this. How do you think Peter felt? Man, how do you think he felt? So much writing, and yet he failed in every way. When you get no results, when you are persecuted, when you feel forsaken, when you're lonely, Jesus would say, it's not a time to let the faith fail. You keep the faith. You keep the faith. You know, some people honestly say, you know, I'm losing faith in humanity. I never had faith in humanity. I believe in God. I believe God. Some people say, I'm really losing faith in America. <laughs> I never had it. I believe in God. He's the only one that's true and faithful. That's his name. That's who he is. You never put any trust in any thing or one, but the only God who is faithful. And so faith is purely toward him. You know, I think about that. Can I say this real quick? Because I think this whole faith thing gets mixed up. People think, I hear people all the time saying, I hold on to my faith and I, keep, I have my faith. Well, what is it? What is your faith? You know, there's only one type of faith. There's only one. All the world stole it from Jesus Christ. Faith is in God above only. There is no other faith. There is no other faith. Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ is faith. There is no other. You can't say I have faith in, you know, you hear, you hear people say, I have faith in myself. And well, I had faith in such and such. Or I have faith in this religion. That's not a faith. You're in a religion. You're in a persuasion. You don't have faith. Faith is in Jesus Christ and Him alone. Hold fast thy faith. Hold fast thy profession of thy faith without wavering, the Bible says, because it's going to get tough. Hey, Satan sifts. Satan sifts. And when it's all over, you'll strengthen the brethren. So through the worst of times and the lowest of points, you still trust God. And then Jesus said unto him, when you're converted, when it's all over, you strengthen the brethren. This is great. And I, I'll be done with this. You'll be helping others soon. You'll be helping others. You'll be, there'll be a day if you'll, find, if you'll have saving true faith that you'll quit worrying about yourself so much and care about others. And he said you'll strengthen your brethren. You'll have faith to serve God and help enhance other people's lives. That's what faith is. You're enduring faith. 
will be a testimony. How many people do we know that have stories of tragedy and overcoming adversity and overcoming themselves? And they held on in the faith, and now they're strengthened, and they're living for God and serving others. You realize this? You go through the things you're going through and keep the faith, you're going to be consoling other people someday and helping them when their time comes. You'll be encouraging others, and your faith will be proven because somebody's going to need your strength. He said, I pray for thee that thy faith fail not. 